Welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by both of my co-hosts, Alex and Peter, for this episode. We are coming to you a week after our last episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. We talked a little bit about the transfer window and the moves Chelsea has made over the summer right before the Premier League season begins. And we were able to have an interview with our friend and YouTuber, Crego. Um, if you haven't already, please go watch him on YouTube. He's a, he's a great Chelsea channel. He also has, and I found this out recently after our interview, Alex, or before our interview when I was prepping for it, that he has a second channel, where I probably knew this when we first interviewed him, but he has a second channel that talks about New York sports, especially the uh, Miami Dolphins, his favorite NFL team. So it was cool as we are Americans and we do follow American sports. He does as well, um, even though he lives in the UK. So that was super cool that we were able to chit-chat about that. But yes. When we're recording this Wednesday night, the Premier League season's only a few days away with Chelsea Everton coming to you on Saturday, uh, August 6th. So we are excited. We're hyped up. But like I said, it's been a week. So we got a week's worth of news. A lot of stuff to talk about where Chelsea's been involved in. I know the whole thing was the joke about the summer transfer window and Chelsea making no moves. Well, they did, whether it's big you know, big name players all around the world, you know, worldly known that that remains to be seen. Um, but definitely they've been putting their name in the hat and been signing some some players. So we're going to get all into it now. Alex, Peter, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to talk about Chelsea. I mean, this past few days have been crazy. Uh, with some, you know, youngster signings that I'm sure Peter's going to be giddy to talk about uh, a little bit later. And obviously with today, uh, today's news, uh, hence really why we're recording, to be honest, the big move uh, from Mark Cucurella uh, from Brighton. But uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'll, I'll let Peter say how he's doing uh, and his thoughts on the move um, first, I guess. Actually, say how he's doing and then I'll get to the figures and then Peter can give his opinion. Well, I'm 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 glad you started first, Alex, because as we know from the last episode, I do not care about how you're doing. So it's good you got that in before I could, you know, just start talking and you wouldn't get a chance to say. But I am doing well. Uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, these few days have been absolutely like insane with how much news we're getting. I mean, like Bowley is going after everyone. If you could, if you can name the player, I'm sure like Bowley's inquired. It's FIFA Karuma. Uh, FIFA Karuma. I was about to make that joke, man. Beat you too. You just keep going. I beat you to the joke, but Mark Cucurella, um, Brighton to Chelsea. Here we go uh, from Fabrizio. It's going to be a six-year deal, uh, 52.5 million uh, pounds, and that includes no additional, uh, no add-ons, I guess you could say. So this is a funny situation here. Before we get to like what he can do for Chelsea, Brighton, shortly after uh, Fabrizio and like Matt Law, uh, and a whole bunch of other, you know, trusted sources um, put out the news that the deal was going through and that was happening. Brighton actually released an official statement saying that no, this, there's no deal. The, like what these media outlets, they're not, they're not telling the truth. Uh, which then people kind of sent, uh, I guess, some hate at Fabrizio, which he responded, "We'll see who lies at the end." Uh, kind of saying that, you know, he thinks that the club is just putting it off. Uh, I'll explain a little bit why uh, the club is putting it off, at least according to a whole bunch of other sources uh, that we're hearing from. But a uh, funny little thing there. And if Fabrizio is not backing down, he has it pinned on his Twitter. Here we go. Mark Cucurella 
to Chelsea. So I think uh, it's pretty much a done deal. I don't think he's ever really made a, a mistake once he said, here we go. So we'll see what happens. But it appears the reason that Brighton are denying the deal uh, is that they'd like to announce two deals at once, Mark Cucurella and then Levi Colwell going the other way uh, from Chelsea to Brighton. Uh, at the same time, they want to announce it all at the same time. Uh, and then uh, and the details with the Colwell deal are kind of still being ironed out. Uh, for the Colwell deal, it looks like it's going to be uh, a fee of around 20 to 25 million pounds with a potential buyback clause of 40 to 45 million pounds. Chelsea prefer a loan, but uh, Brighton are insisting on a permanent deal. And with that permanent deal, Chelsea are insisting on a buyback clause. Uh, so... That's pretty much the details there. But before we get to Colwell, uh, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But Mark Cucurella obviously has the ability, was a winger in uh, for Getafe in La Liga, then transitioned to be more of a wing back at Brighton. He even played 10 games at left center back last season. So, Peter, what do you think he's going to bring uh, to Chelsea? Uh, and how do you think Tuchel's going to use him? Well, I mean, I think that positional versatility was kind of one of the reasons why Tuchel likes him. Because, I mean... Uh, I mean, there are reports that when we were targeting like Rafinha, it was Tukum kind of wanted to play wing back, maybe, or Kunde could play wing back, where he has these players where he can kind of move around just for more flexibility. We know Tukum likes to, you know, do some interesting things, so it doesn't surprise me that he'd uh, go after a player who's talented and can also play in these positions. And I mean, it's basically clearly you can tell what we're doing. We're going from the back forward. We want to strengthen our defense. We want to strengthen our defense. And then we can start worrying about midfield targets or attacking targets first, which I mean, and I think uh, Cucurella is going to be a good uh, addition to that. I mean, he won uh, both Brighton player of the season awards. He's very talented. Like I said, he can play, uh, he can play left center back in a back three, can play left wing back. If we want to rotate Chua out or Chua needs a rest or if Chua gets injured or something, I don't know who knows, but He's a very talented player, and I mean, assuming Fabrizio doesn't have a rare miss, I think he did actually, he has missed on a here we go before. I think it was Messi re-signing with Barcelona. I think he said here we go, and I mean, we know where Messi is right now. He's not at Barcelona, so I mean, never say never, but it's been confirmed by many other sources too, so I wouldn't say there's any doubt about it. So I'm excited to see what uh, he can bring to the table, and I think his versatility is going to be very, very fun to for Tuchel. Yeah, and also with Cucurella, uh, one kind of fun stat I wanted to put in there, he created the third most chances in the Premier League last season, and that had 10 games that he played in the Premier League at left center back, uh, and then the rest at wing back, uh, and that's only behind number two, Reese James, and number one, Trent Alexander-Arnold, so certainly going to be a nice dynamic duo there, and I think what he could do from the left-hand side, even at left center back, uh, I'm not exactly sure if he, he's going to be the best at that position. I'm going to be honest, didn't watch a lot of Brighton last season. But I think at left wing back is cover for Chilwell, especially with this season where he's coming back from that terrible injury. I think it's going to be a great move. $50 million, it's 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 definitely a, a high price, but I think it's in, in today's day and age, in today's market, I don't think it's a terrible deal. Uh, and I'm excited to have him join the team. Um, but, I mean, Josh, do you have any... Other points about that that you want to talk about before we get to Colwell? Weren't we talking about how like how this would affect was it this deal when we were talking with Crego, how it would have it would affect uh Reese James and his positioning? Well, yeah, in a sense it would because at we were talking about possibly bringing in Dumfries, which we'll talk a lot uh, uh, about a little bit better, or another right wing back pushing Reese James to right center back. 
Um, and that probably won't happen now. They're not going to spend additional money on another cover for wing back. Uh, Cucurella, I could assume, probably could play right wing back if in a pinch. So I do think, and maybe not directly, but in a sense, yeah, uh, that it could it could stop that from happening. Okay, and I, um, I guess with that, who who do we want to talk about next year? Oh, well, yeah, you want to talk I, about Colwell, right? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that. I know Peter is probably going to be a fan because he's a fan of all of our academy guys. Um, <laughs> but I personally think I was not overly impressed in what I saw from him in the preseason. Um, I know a lot of fans, I, I didn't watch him out on loan, I'm going to be honest, so I don't really think I deserve to like talk about him that much. But I think selling him for 25 and then having a buyback clause for 45, I think that's that's worth it. Uh, you're, you, you get the money. And then worst case, you're only taking, you're only spending 20 million just for them to develop him. So I, I like that deal as long as you get the buyback clause, because I have had enough of all these Chelsea players going to other teams and then them turning into absolute great players and us missing out on them. So buyback clause is a necessity. If not, I'm only okay with a loan move. But if a buyback clause is in there, then I'm okay with it. Uh, exactly. Like from my my point of view, I'm seeing it as basically you're basically worst comes to worst. You're paying twenty twenty five million to have a trusted Premier League club develop your player for you, which obviously that's quite expensive. But I mean, if you're getting someone who turns out to be a very a top top player and a, a great center back, it's really not that much because I mean we're paying we're paying what fifty million for Cucurella and if we're it end up we'd be paying like twenty five million for Kowa who could turn out better with Brighton's development so and even if he doesn't turn out to be something we're basically getting twenty million of a discount off of Cucurella which brings his price down to thirty million so I mean it's as long as we have a buyback I think. Obviously, you wish you maybe you want to keep him. I mean, like Alex said, I'm a fan of the youth, but I mean, I like how this is working out. I like this deal, so it's not really too much of a bother to me. I mean, if Tuchel doesn't rate him and wanted him out, and he didn't see any first, uh, he was didn't see how he's going to fit into the first team. Then I'm fine with it, especially because Brighton is going to start him if they're paying 20 million for him, and we know we can just see how he progresses and then we can circle back a year, two years, however long the buyback clause is active for and see how it turns out. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think that's, that's the way to go with that deal, especially if you get Cucurella uh, going the other way. Oh God here. Uh, not as much with the player, but more with the name. Uh, we're going to do all these confirmed deals first before talking about some more rumors. Um, Chelsea and Aston Villa, this came completely out of the blue. No Fabrizio, no anything, no rumors. Uh, it just came out as a club statement uh, directly. We had heard none of n- nothing about it. Uh, Chelsea moving very uh, stealth, I guess you could say. Uh, they agreed on a permanent transfer for Carne. I'm going to say Chuk Wemeka. I think that's pretty good uh, pronunciation there. It's a 12, uh, 20 million pound fee. There was interest from top clubs like Liverpool, Barcelona. Uh, surprisingly, Barcelona didn't get him ahead of us. Uh, Thomas Tuchel met with... I'm just going to say his first name, Carney, last week to help convince him to join Chelsea in a meeting at Cobham. Uh, so that really seems like that was the turning point for him to decide to join Chelsea. Only 18, year, uh, 18 years old, the captain of the England under-19 squad, certainly uh, a very highly rated youngster. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'll let Peter talk about it um, and then we can move on. <laughs> 
Well, I'm I'm unmuting as fast as possible because I know Peter, you know, he was about to go crazy, but I think Chuku Mecca is a is a good signing. Um and obviously I just wanted to get my point in there is there's nothing really wrong with signing youngsters as long as it's for the right price. Um and obviously seeing how promising he is. I don't know how much I mean, are are we expecting him to get starting squad time? I think it's more for the depth of Chelsea at this moment. I mean, I mean, Tuchel did say that he was going to be in the first team. Uh, at least that's like the indications coming out. Uh, I don't think he said it specifically. I kind of expected him to be shipped right back out on loan, but he could play a role in the first team uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be starting every match, obviously. Uh, he definitely could be someone we use um, when we play in FA Cup matches. That would be my best guess. But I, just, you know, again... My quick thoughts before Peter goes is just really nothing wrong with bringing in youth as long as it's for the right price. And I think it, here it was very surprising to all of us, but a, a very promising signing for Chelsea. So I like it. I mean, I think you have to assume he'll be in the first team. That was that's obviously the first question. Probably everyone was like, was it, "Will he get first team minutes?" But I mean, if you if you're paying twenty million, you have to assume that he'll be in the first team. There's been uh, like with Tuchel's meeting with his agents, they said that I think it's really probably not for this season. I would say, but I think it was more for next season. But we just Boli and Tuchel wanted to do it this season because obviously you you have there's other big teams interested, and if they're not going to sign him this season, we can get him now, uh, have him in the first team, maybe play him in some FA Cup games, let him develop a bit in the first team, train with the first team, and then next season, considering uh, the, our midfield contracts, where I think we have a few expiring contracts, we can see if he develops well, we maybe he'll get more chances in the team, maybe he can break into the starting squad more, start some games. I think it's really, I mean, he's obviously promising. He was, he, he's a great player for the U19s for England. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm biased because no matter what I'm going to hype up, I, I, I do love the youth. Even, that sounds bad, but you know, I like, I'm going to hype them up, but I do think this is a good signing. He's just a baller. And I mean, I don't know how much time he'll get this season, which, I mean, I'm sure some people will say, well, then it's a bad chance but I really think it's more just for next season when we don't, it's really uncertain what will happen in the midfield and maybe he sees he can bring into the team then and that's why he signed. But I think, I think we will see minimal time this season, but definitely play uh, some games. Maybe he'll be in the sub. I mean, there's five subs now in the Prem, so maybe he can get some time off the bench considering we can have a lot more rotation. So, I don't know. I like the signing. Maybe it's a bit much, but if there is really competition from other top clubs, I think it's a good signing. And Alex, did you mention already that uh, about Chukumeka is that he was on the England U19 team? That yes, I did it? mention that. Yes, okay. I did mention it. Okay. So and, Josh, and you got to listen to me. You got to listen. I'm sorry. Did you say <laughs> I was also part of the team of the tournament as well? You said that. I too. did not say that. So there you go. He was part of the team of the tournament. He, he was on the list for the team of the tournament, meaning obviously out of all the countries that competed, what I, I, who do you think makes it? It's like, it's like the all-star team, basically. But for, yeah, the all, yeah, the all-star team of the tournament. In so, American terms. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But he was on that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty good stuff there. Um, moving on to another youngster, right? I think Selenina is very young as well. Maybe like... Born in 2004. Oh, wow. The first bullet point here. There you go. Same Alex, how do you feel? How do you feel that you are born in the same year as the a Chelsea signing? I feel like I'm really doing nothing in my life. Um, I feel pretty <laughs> depressed. 
I'm going to be honest. Me and, me and Peter are chilling. We're, we're fine. We're hey, wait another year gang. and there's going to be a kid. Then there's going to be a, a nice, a, a nice youngster that comes through the academy or something. And you're going to see, and you're going to be like, damn, I'm sitting on my ass here doing nothing uh, while these people are making you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands a week. It's just nuts. So he's five months older than you about six months. Yeah. He turned 18 already in May. Mm, okay. Mm, sucks for you. Um, but <laughs> yes, it's official that Chelsea have completed the signing of goalkeeper Gabriel Solanina. Uh, Born in 2004, as Alex said, a 15 million pound transfer fee. We'll stay at Chicago Fire on loan till 2023. I love how you transferred it into pounds, Alex, when like the deal came out in dollars. So one time I actually felt like I knew what I was talking about with the dollar nah. because nah. when the, ne- when the news dropped, it said it obviously because we're in, in America. So like the Chicago Fire is the MLS team. And <laughs> and so it came out in the dollar fee, but Alex already transferred to pounds. So not, not even making me feel comfortable here. He's going to say it's a Chicago Fire all known to 2023. Um, he's just going to come basically next transfer window right in January. Um, and yeah. It's a six-year deal. So we have until 2020. Eight? Nope. Yeah. yeah, 2028. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can count. Summer 2028 is when his contract expires. Wow, that's crazy. Anyway, that, that's that's a long time from now. Whenever I hear people say, oh, it's going to be 2030 or 2030, I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be forever. We have a lot of, uh, before we get to some more like baseless rumors, I want to say, I, I know that's Wait, not whoa, really what whoa. they are. I mean, what? are we not going to mention, he's probably going to replace Marcus Bet- Bettinelli, right? Who's right now the third like goalkeeper yeah. for Chelsea behind Keppa and Mendy. I know Keppa maybe goes somewhere else in the January transfer, but maybe, I don't know. Who would want yeah, him. I mean, we'll see what happens with Keppa. We have some stuff on him a little bit later too. I mean, you want to just talk about it now? Why not? Keppa, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about Keppa. I was Keppa. just going to say, I assume that with Salonina coming in, that Bettinelli will be gone by January. I would assume so, yeah. Bet- Bettinelli is awful. But uh, anyway. We're, we're, yeah. It's just that we're loaning back Slonina until January, so we have to keep at least Bettinelli till January. But I'd, yeah. I'd, if as long as we don't get rid of Keppa, I'd assume that then in January, one of Keppa or Bettinelli would be gone. If if Keppa isn't leaving in a few days, which has been reported, a loan deal to Napoli, which very well could happen, and I think maybe that's good for his development. But if that doesn't happen and Keppa stays... I mean, we're not going to get rid of Bettinelli when we wouldn't have a third choice because he's going to be still playing for the Chicago Fire and the MLS. But uh, yeah. I think loan move for Keppa is good. And then in January, we can see how Slonina is. And then that can determine whatever we do. But we'll circle back in January, basically. It's basically a January signing right here. Yeah. It does seem like a Keppa loan to Napoli could be imminent. Uh, we haven't really gotten any of the major sources talking about it yet. Um, but it seems like from some of the more smaller sources that a deal is getting close with Napoli. Uh, so that is something to mention. Let's talk about Chelsea's center back targets here. Uh, and the main one now being Wesley Fofana. We talked about this a little bit in the interview with Crego. Um, you know what his thoughts about him. And he was saying, if you're going to spend a, like 80 plus million on him, it's probably not worth it because of the fact that he just signed a new contract. So let, let's talk about it. Uh, apparently, I'm not going to say, because this wasn't from the most reliable source, but Leicester have rejected an offer of around 75 million euros from Chelsea for Wesley Fofana. 
it is known, this has come from a lot of more reliable sources here, that Leicester value him at around 80 to 85 million euros, especially due to his contract. Brendan Rodgers insists he is not for sale. Fafana seems interested in a Chelsea move, removed Leicester City center back from his Instagram bio, if that tells you anything. Um, and apparently he has a gentleman's agreement with Leicester that if a reasonable offer comes in, that they will let him go. Uh, so it's been rumored Chelsea have offered in the range of 60 to 75 million. I know it's a pretty broad range. Um, so I kind of put in 75 million because that is the one that came from the most reliable source. And apparently Leicester value him at about 10 million more. There's about a 10 to 20 million uh, valuation difference between Chelsea and Leicester. So we'll see what happens with this move. Uh, you know, Josh and I talked about, you know, Fafana and what we think about him. So I'll just let Peter, so you can go check that out in the last episode, but I'll let Peter talk about him real quick before we move on. It's really, you 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 know how good he is. You know how talented he is, how promising he is, how good he can be in the future. But the real question is, how much money are you willing to spend? Uh, and that's the question for Todd Bowley. How aggressive does he want to be? Because, I mean, $75 million is already quite a lot. I'd say that's like the maximum, maximum, maximum of his value. And so 10 more on that, I mean, that that is a lot. But if you're already paying 75 million, realistically, what's 10 more million? Well, I mean, 10 million is a lot, obviously. But if you're already that high and you already are willing to pay 75 million because you believe in the talent, 10 more million, I mean, you should be able to do it, I would say. Obviously, Boldy is making plenty of signings and has already spent plenty of money. And I'd understand if he's not willing to pay that much, especially because it is that is a lot, a lot of money. But you know how talented Fofana is. Tuco really likes Fofana, according to people. I really like Fofana. I think he's a great player. He's still so young, and he's already done so well at, at the Premier League of this year, not really bringing someone in who has to adjust to the league. I think he'd be a great signing, but is that too much? Well, we'll see if we sign him, but that is just a lot of a lot of money. And so the question for Bully is, how much are you willing to pay? I mean, $85 million would be £200,000 per week. Mario, what are, what are you saying? Like this is like a long term payment. Josh is like being a, a, a like a accountant right now. What? what no, about? that's well. That I, when I just looked up his name, that's like what the top articles are saying that Chelsea are willing to offer paying Fafana more than two hundred thousand pounds per well, week. Oh, and wages. Oh, okay, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Oh, okay, yep. I was confused by what you're saying. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, wait, I was Josh calculating like, the exact amount of weeks. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. So I was like, okay, whatever. Don't worry about it. I was confused there. Um, I guess let's talk about some of the Barcelona boys that Chelsea have been interested in. Uh, We're going to knock all three of them out at once, talk about them all. They're all similar, uh, you know, at the same team. So I thought we'd all talk about them at once. So Chelsea are considering moves for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, former Arsenal striker, Memphis Depay, and also Frankie De Jong. Uh, from Barcelona obviously he had tons of interest from Man United what do you think about those guys Aubameyang for me uh-uh uh there's a reason Arsenal got rid of him uh I would be very against that move Memphis Depay eh I think he's okay I don't think he'd bring anything different to our attack I feel like he'd bring the same kind of quality at times but such inconsistency at other times that is really our main issue uh, up front, and then I'd say De Jong. I'd be thrilled with if we can get him in the eighty million range. I think he's well worth it. I think he's a quality player. So that's just my opinion on those guys. But uh, you guys, let me know what you think. Uh, De Jong, I, w- I would take him 
any time, really. Very has been very good for Barcelona. Someone who hasn't been good for Barcelona. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, like you said, Alex, absolutely not. The man's regression has been over the years worse and worse uh, until this point. Don't even know I would be interested in signing him. Yeah, just absolutely not to Aubameyang. I feel and, like he's even lost his pace, to be honest. Like I don't know. No, that was like I mean, his main thing. <laughs> the last couple of years, at least two to three years, his regression has been absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say insane. I mean, he's getting older, but it's it's bad. So no, stay away from him. But but De Jong definitely. And then who's the third player? Depay. I don't really know much about him. I'm not gonna lie. So I I don't really want to speak on what I would value him. Oh, I'll just start with Aubameyang because I mean, this is really just Tuchel being like, oh, well, obviously they played together at Dortmund. Aubameyang had a lot, a lot, a lot of success with Tuchel at Dortmund, but he is not the same player he was at Dortmund. Like you said, Josh, regression has been very steady, very, or well, not steady, very extreme. I just, if we're, if we're paying, I don't know, I don't, just don't, I just, just don't even, not, don't, don't even worry about payment because I don't want it happening. I mean, Tuchel can't be rejecting Ronaldo to go out and to be signing Aubameyang. That's, that's my view. It, it, like, can't happen. But the young, on the other hand, I would love to have. I mean, obviously, still so young, so talented, so much potential still. I don't think he wants to leave Barcelona. Obviously, I think Manchester United have been trying to get him to leave Barcelona for like the entire transfer window at this point. And it would be extremely funny if we we hijack that deal, like we've been trying, like bullies tried to do a couple times, not with much success, but you never know, could happen. Uh, and I mean, Depay. I mean, they've been talks about him possibly. Uh, getting released and then if we could sign him on a free i mean maybe depends on how the the wages would be for him uh but or like in a swap for a lancelot uh yeah something (laughs) like that i mean but i mean what is he gonna realistically what is he gonna do that we don't have what is he gonna improve that it's like he doesn't really fit. He doesn't really. He's not. Doesn't really fit a need that we have. He's just kind of. He's more of like a winger playing striker, and we have plenty of wingers that can play striker, and that has not worked out well in this system that Tuka wants to play. So, uh, I just De Young really would be the only one I'd be happy with, but I'd be extremely, extremely, extremely happy if we could somehow get him away from Barcelona. But I don't really see that happening. Barcelona are annoying, man. Really, you know, never had a problem with them, but. God, after this transfer window, it would be hilarious if we matched them up in the Champions League. By the way, uh, I imagine I like I think that would be so funny. Um, it would definitely be rigged though if that did happen. Anyway, let's talk about some. I, I'm trying to figure out what do we want to talk about next. Let's talk about a couple of outgoings. I don't know. I'm just mixing and matching, talking about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Let's talk about a couple of outgoings. So I know this is gonna make you guys very happy. I'm actually not that much of a hater, to be honest. Um, Chelsea and AS Monaco have reached an agreement for Malang Sar to go on loan. It will be a 750,000 euro loan fee with an option to buy for 12 million euros. I, okay. I don't think Malang Sar is as bad as people say he is or as Chelsea fans think he is. I think he's okay. I don't think he's like god awful like some people are making him out to be. Um, I know Peter thinks he's terrible. I know Josh thinks he's terrible. I think it's nice to have a left-footed center back, especially at left center back at times for the depth, and especially when we're you know so we're struggling so much to find center backs. I feel like it's kind of silly giving up some that we have, no matter how you know bad they may be. 
I don't think he's that bad, but I don't think it's a terrible deal. Uh, at least you get some money back for the loan. All I have to say is mission failed. Like, we'll try and get him next time. Alex, the thing is with Malang Sar, I remember, I I think we had the podcast. It was like in one of our first episodes when Sar signed the five-year deal with Chelsea. Now, that was in the summer transfer window heading into the 2020 Premier League season, right? So we were like, okay, this guy, what we're going to do, he's, he's like a very good youngster. We're going to put him on loan and then we're going to either, he'll be like just a loan guy, a loan guy. And then he gets really good. And then we sell him or we put him on loan. He gets really good. And then we keep him. So we first loaned him to Porto and then he got returned for this past season, but just didn't live up to expectations. Cause I think last year they sort of loaned him out again. They didn't find anyone to do so. So now they're loaning him out for I guess so this is the second time right and at this point he's 23 so I wouldn't say he's like he's not old he's 23 but you know some of these guys that we're looking at right now and some of the guys that Chelsea signed they're 18 they're 19 they're 20 we put him on loan again by the time he comes back when's his birthday January so what by the time he comes back he'll be 24 and at that point you make a decision where okay we put him on loan he comes back Is he ready to be a starter, a starting center back for Chelsea? Are we going to put him on loan again or are we going to sell him? I think that's a decision that's like what's going to come down to it after this loan move. Because at at this age, he gets older and older um, where you kind of have to start getting to that point. That's all I have to say about it, Alex. It's just kind of like it was was an unsuccessful move. Um, for Chelsea at the time, it just didn't didn't live up to to the expectations I guess I set for it. I mean, I think it'd be unfair to him to kind of say that he had that much expectations. I mean, we were kind of signing him. I don't know why we were signing him. To be honest, we kind of just signed him because we were having that window, and then everyone got hype about it because there's just like another player that was getting added to that already that insane list of players we signed during that window. But I mean. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I agree with you where it, like, it just hasn't worked out, Josh. I mean, he, he could be much better. He could have been much better. I also agree with Alex Rossi. He's not as bad as people make him out to be, but he's just not at Chelsea's level. Maybe he'll figure it out at Monaco. Maybe he'll play so well that Monaco uh, activate the buy option, but I don't think he'll ever be at the point where he can be a starter for Chelsea. I mean, I'd gladly take it if he could be, but I just don't see the plausibility of that. And I mean, to be honest, I don't know why we signed him in the first place. I don't know if it really was ever meant to work out in the first place, and clearly it really hasn't. But, I mean, I didn't expect much from him in the first place. It was kind of just a cherry on top for that window. Took a, It was a lottery ticket and didn't win the lottery. So it is what it is. It happens. But we can't let him become one of these deadwoods that we have at the club that we're trying to sell right now, and we'll talk about them. But we just can't let that happen. We have to sell him now while he's young and he's still less potential. So hopefully he plays well at Monaco, plays amazing, and they activate the buy option. But like you said, Josh, just hasn't really worked out as well as it could have. Peter, I'm sorry. What transfer window are you talking about? The the summer transfer window 2020 that you were saying is like the, the another addition to this awesome transfer window? I, what, 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 what awesome transfer window? Oh, well, like it was at mean, the time. At the time, you mean you mean <laughs> the one where we brought in like Tiago Silva? And you, you, can, you, cannot tell, you cannot tell me. You can't. You can't. You can't tell me that that was that we Werner, Havertz, so Ziyech. Everyone was so hyped. Oh no, we were we were pumped. I mean that well because that was when we remember when we started the podcast that August. So we were yes, like, and we we and I spent 
entire episodes talking about how good Werner was going to be and how good Havertz was going to be. Right. And, you know, that happened. But, you know. Hey, just remember that same transfer window. We did sign Edward Mendy, Thiago Silva, and Ben Chilwell. I know Chilwell missed last season, but has been very good for Chelsea most of the time that he's played. And then the other, the other it, it was a 50-50 window. You hit on half, you miss on half. Exactly. Well, we exactly. thought we were at a 100% window, but... <laughs> Well, but and, I mean, and Kai Havertz, no matter what, will always be a W because he scored what? that champion. Okay, exactly. He will always be worth the money. Always. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I I agreed my to myself. Anyway, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Uh, let's talk about a couple more outgoings here. Uh, we're not going to give these guys too much attention because, as Peter just uh, described them as, I believe he said the word uh, "dead wood," and I think that's a pretty good way to describe some of these players. Mishi Batshuayi is open to a move to Everton. Frank Lampard wants him for some reason um, to sign uh, Mishi on a permanent deal. So we'll see how that progresses. And Lazio are making a big push for Emerson Palmieri uh, as Mauricio Sarri, former Chelsea manager, will do everything possible to sign the left back that he actually signed for Chelsea when he was at the club. Uh, So those two guys will probably be on their way out. I think Emerson's honestly disrespected. I think he could be a nice depth rotation piece for us. Uh, Mishibach, why he's awful. He needs to go. But uh, I he, have he, a question. Was yeah. was it when Tuchel, was, wasn't it, was it right when Tuchel became manager that Batchwai first left or was it Lampard there? I have no idea. I just want to know. I just want to know because the reason he left is because he demanded a loan. He wanted to get out because he wasn't getting well, he playing. He wanted to play. Yeah. Because they were playing Tammy, Abraham, and that was the whole thing. So I would, I would just think it's funny. If it was Lampard that was still there at the time, and now yeah. Lampard wants him after he didn't play him. So, you know, yeah. it's just the full circle type of thing. But if it was Tuchel, then it makes no no sense. So I don't want to sound completely stupid, but none of us yeah. know. So we oh, I don't stupid. remember that far yeah. back. You know, I have the memory of a goldfish. I can't remember that far back. Uh, to be honest, I think Emerson's like, he even played well at left center back, to be honest, at times during our preseason games. I think he brings versatility. I wouldn't want to let him go, but it seems like Chelsea are willing to do so. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, another player I don't really want to let go, Ethan Ampadu uh, and Spezia are in talks with Chelsea uh, about a potential transfer. I remember Ampadu when he was 17 years old with the young, with the long hair, um, with that crazy hair. Thank God he cut it. Um, but I think he brings flexibility in the midfield and at, and at center center back. Uh, I really like what he brings, even if you bring him, put him out on loan again. Uh, I would prefer not to let him go, uh, and definitely a guy who I'd want to buy back clause on as well. Um, but yeah, d- you know, it's sad to see certain players go, uh, others not so much. <laughs> I mean, my view, I can keep it short and sweet for all of these players. It's literally just anything. I'll take any money, any money. Just please just get them out of my club. I do not want them here. Just get out. Just take 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 two cents. Take I'll take a bag of balls that Tuka can use for training. Give me some cones for them. But just please just get the wages of the books. Just don't make me have to think about them again. Just just please take them, you know? That that's it. Mm. You but Alonso has to say, right? He he can't go anywhere. Alonso Alonso <laughs> Barcelona love him, man. Give me the young straight up swap deal. There you go. That's that's what we'll get for Alonso. Oh my uh, it sounds like Alonzo's definitely on his way out, though, and Aspi potentially, too. Um, I guess let's talk about a couple more players Chelsea are interested in. Uh, Denzel Dumfries, we talked about him a little bit uh, in last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago. 
uh, that Chelsea were interested in him. The talks are currently uh, stagnant, but further developments are expected. Inter Milan want at least $45 million or there thereabouts for uh, Dumfries. So interesting to see what happens there. And after Cucurella, I highly doubt that deal happens. I think Chelsea are looking at uh, lower cost options for that right wing back backup role. Uh, they made inquiries regarding Kyle Walker-Peters from Southampton. Big fan of his, uh, but Chelsea believe uh, Southampton's valuation of him is too high at about 30 to 35 million pounds. Uh, I would agree it's a little bit high. I think 25 or so would be a fair price for him. And uh, Chelsea also are going to follow their move uh, for Chuka, uh, Chukwemeka uh, with the signing of hopefully Inter Milan's uh, Cesari Cassetti. Uh, great pronunciation there. They've had two bids rejected already uh, for the player, but he is another part of their succession plan to replace N'Golo Conte and eventually Jorginho as they get up there in age. Uh, so what do you guys think about those kind of, those players at right wing back? I think, to be honest, Kyle Walker-Peters would do, but I do think 30 to 35 millions is a bit too high. And Denzel Dumfries for 45 million, again, is a little bit too high for a backup. I mean, this is this is where we're getting to the stages of why we're saying, you know, Bully's playing career mode. He's just going after everybody, seeing seeing what their prices are thinking. Oh, maybe that's a bit too high. Let me not go after him. But I mean, I agree with you, Alex. We have Reese James. I don't want Reese James to go to right center back. So um, I would hope we are interested in these players as backups. And for backups, I think their price is too high. They're, oh, they're talented players, don't get me wrong. But I don't want to be spending that much money if they're only going to get cycled in every few games. So... I mean, it's not like I'll be opposed to signing them, but I mean, it's not necessary. It'd just be an addition if Bully won. I'd rather spend the money on like a Fofana or something or on a De Young, one of those players, instead of buying someone that's not particularly needed and would just be flaunting money on a backup, basically. If I were to choose one of them, it would be Kyle Walker-Peters just because of his experience and how good he's played for, um, I mean, the England national team. He's been on the national team since... A long time ago, right? Since he was young, I feel like he was on the yeah. He's on the yeah. He was he he's been like in and out. Obviously, now with the right right backs that England has, Kyle Walker, James Trent. So he's been in and out. But I remember him with the youth teams. U eighteen. I just looked it up. He's been on there since twenty fourteen with the England U eighteen team. So if if I were to choose one, it would be him. But again, no preference. Like if it comes down to it. Yeah, I don't think either of those deals are really going to go through. If I'm being completely honest with you. Um, and now another right back slash right center back option, Benjamin Pavard, has also decided to stay at Bayern Munich uh, amid interest from Chelsea. So rejection, rejection FC back at it again. Um, I guess our final thing here is Josh's favorite, Timo Werner. Uh, Chelsea are in talks with RB Leipzig on a move, whether it be a loan or a permanent deal. Um, but it seems like a loan is more likely at this moment. They would have to cover a portion of his wages or ask him to reduce his salary. And it sounds like his relationship with Thomas Tuchel has deteriorated in preseason. We're going to go to Josh first. What are your thoughts on a loan deal? Would you prefer a permanent deal? What are you looking for? If it was a permanent deal, what kind of price point are you looking for? Same question for Peter. I'd say for me, it's about get $25 million and get him out of here. <laughs> 
Hey guys, I have a question for you. So he's going to Leipzig, right? He's 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 moving to a new country. They speak a new language there. Should we give him like a year? Right, he's going there? back. He's going back. Okay, he's going he, back. Wait, oh, he's going back. Oh, but yeah, but yeah. remember, he's got to remember the language that he's spoken all his <laughs> oh life. So should we give him some time to adjust to the to the language again? He's such a pain in the ass. Should we? Should we? Is is German? You know, I know he's spoken German like his entire life, but. I think we should give him some time if he goes back to Leipzig to to remember it for him because, you know, he definitely just forgot it. Just give him a minute there. All right. Well, he didn't speak English all his life. All right. Now I'll go for real, for real. Timo Werner didn't work out. As we already mentioned, the 2020 transfer summer summer window, whatever. I've been a doubter from him for him. on. I've been a Timo Werner doubter since day one. And I guess uh, my doubts have come to fruition with these rumors at this point. And, and Tuchel is finally listening to me. He's listening to the Talking Blues podcast. Maybe he even went back and listened to our old episodes and he just figured it out. He's like, yeah, I should cut this guy out. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. I guess we now wait till the, till the confirmation that he's gone. It seems pretty likely. Again, their first match is on Saturday. So it's like, it's kind of now or never, not now or never, but like, I mean, I feel like he is still a starter for Chelsea. So he would probably start in the match on, on Saturday. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> uh, no comment. Great. Insight How from funny is it that the number one, the number one supporter doesn't have a comment. The minutes and minutes and hours and hours of debating on this podcast for months, <laughs> for years at this point, he's got nothing to say. That was maybe one second of, yep. You know, oh, I, I do have a prediction. I bet you when Timo Werner goes back to Leipzig, he's going to tear it apart. He just, yeah. he just doesn't fit our style of play. That's Absolutely it. He's not, not a bad player. He doesn't fit the, he's not a bad player. He just doesn't fit Chelsea. Uh, and that's no, just, he doesn't the, fit the Premier League. It's, it's I mean, he doesn't fit the Premier League. Yes, I would agree. Mind you, Alex, he could go to any. I will tell you right now. Um, maybe, maybe he needs a shit club. Sorry, no offense. Maybe he needs a really bad <laughs> like club in the in the. He needs a counterattacking club. He he's need, good he on the counter. counter. He he's not good in a possession. Club. He's not good in a possession based team like Tuca wants. Where you cycle the ball around and then you get one chance where you have under to Antonio Conte. A- that man would have thrived. He would ball. Yeah, he would, he would ball, ball under Conte. He would ball, or even he under will, Jose. If he goes back to the Bundesliga, I would not be surprised if he leads. Because remember when we got him in that 2020 that prior 29 season, goals, Bundes- man. I know. Yeah, he led goals. the he led the Bundesliga, right? Yeah, I predict if he goes back, 20 goals minimum. I think he's going to ball. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, <laughs> especially if he's going back to his old club. It's like it's it's a match made in heaven, really, for him and and for Leipzig because they're getting a player that they know is very, very good. And don't worry, because he speaks a language and, he, and he's used to being there. So it's going to be OK. You don't have to give him six months to adjust. It's yeah. OK. My and, deal. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, I was go. just going to continue oh, with my jokes. <laughs> I was just going to continue with more jokes and I was going to say, you know, the COVID cases are winding down too. So hopefully he doesn't catch it again. 
because then then we have to give him more like another year of excuses. That was Havertz, buddy. That was Havertz, buddy. And Werner got COVID. Excuse me. Werner didn't get COVID. Yeah, yeah buddy. But, yeah, but, yeah. But we, we got Werner huh? COVID. We didn't. Did we talk about it? Did we talk about Werner getting COVID? That wasn't like the main As point ever. Yes, ever. Yes, that was the whole thing because he had side effects from it that it took him months to recover. That, okay, that, that's Havertz. that was Havertz. Wasn't it? I don't know. No, no it was yes, Werner. Was I swear it was Werner. No, it was. Look it up right now. Look it up right now. I want to get you proven wrong right now. Alex to talk because he did want to go originally. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot what Nemo it was. Werner. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry, I lied. Chelsea, Simo Werner discusses the vex, uh, effects of COVID-19 after positive tests. Has opened up on his effects for the German that tested. Yeah, they both had it. Both of them had it. Yes, but but speaking the sky German Werner opened up about his struggles after testing positive and missing football. He said to do nothing at all for ten days. The main problem for me was that I had to ten days, buddy. That's not months. Look up Havertz, which was unusual for football as a high-performing athlete. That was simply not possible. He couldn't climb the stairs. Okay, hey, 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 Josh, why don't you look up Havertz now and read the same article? Because okay. I guarantee there's the same article, except that it'll be months right. and not I'm days. I'm going to talk about what I think Chelsea should do. I think an ideal scenario would be a loan deal, maybe a million or two fee, cover half his wages, and then uh, buy option of about 20 to 25 million. And I think that uh, is a good deal for Chelsea, good deal for Leipzig, works around, works all around. I think that's it for our, you know, all the topics we have to talk about. Obviously, Chelsea are going to be back on Saturday playing. We'll have a recap out shortly after the game, hopefully. Um, and I'm just excited to see Chelsea back on the pitch. And hopefully, the season starts well um, and we can do some special things, win some trophies, and uh, create some good memories. What am I? Some nostalgia seeker? I don't know. I'm, I'm being weird, but. Uh, I'm I'm just stalling at this point. So go ahead, Josh. The U.S. son Kai Havertz admits COVID-19 wiped him out for a month as Chelsea's German star bids to KO England. Hmm. All right. So it seems like we're all right, and there's no need for further discussion. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peter was, to today's Peter was right in that argument. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Make sure to go follow us on Twitter. I'm doing the outro now. I don't care. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at the talking at talking blues pod. There's no the can't even um, can't even do the outro correctly, but okay. Can't even do it correctly. Um, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Hopefully after a Chelsea win. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.